Ladies and gentlemen, we're shoveling. This is the growing season on News Talk, Saga 960 AM. I'm Matt McFarland, the 2021 version of myself, hopefully soon to be vaccinated at some point. And pleased to be joined by my parents, Jack and Lynn, a.k.a. Mom and Dad. Guys, 2021, let's turn the page on that bastard year that was last year, right? Yeah, Matthew, we had some time off, right? But yes. oh my goodness, it felt like it went by in a flash. Yeah. yeah. Let's just burn the book that's called 2020. Holy man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But yes, onward and, and, and upward, we were sort of debating as to what we get into this year on the other side of <laughs> on the other side of the growing season, pardon the pun, now that we're indoors for the next couple months. And we thought because most of us cannot get away on a vacation, we would be we should do a sequel for our Destination Tropical show. We did this, what, last year, January, February, March, somewhere. March, March 7. Okay, there you go. Perfect. Thank you, guys. And so we thought, again. Was Sorry, what was the date, Lynn? I thought it was March 7th. It probably was. So it was just before March break, before okay. the world pivoted. Good. Well, again, we can't do this live. We can't actually go away on vacation right now. So we thought that we could do this Virtually. Do this on the radio. Bring it to them. Yeah. Bring so we're going to chat about um, all kinds of manners of things. We're going to chat fruit. We're going to chat about flowers, citrus, stuff that we haven't chatted about before in locations that we haven't chatted about before. And I hear that papaya is pretty cool stuff. Really cool, Matthew. Yeah, cool. We have we have something native. Oh, it's not native, but we actually grow it here in Zone 6. And it's cool. called pawpaw. Wonderful. Okay. All of that. So, get your bathing suit on, get that uh, get that little drink with the umbrella. Put your sunglasses on. Put your sunglasses on. on a bit a of sand. sand. A bit of sand. Yeah, <laughs> sand, in your, sand in your knickers. All of that and much more. This is Destination Tropicals 2 on the growing season on News Talks, like a 960 AM. We are the McFarlands. On the other side, let's get some sand in that bathing suit. We are back. Both on the radio and literally. This is the first show of 2021, guys. Christmas was a little strange this year. Didn't get a chance to see my sister. Now, granted, I don't see Erin all that much because of her schedule sort of is opposite of my schedule. Plus, I live about 40 minutes away. But this year being the big grand C got in the way of everything. Yes? Oh, Matthew, I... I can't tell you how depressing it was, and I, I'd imagine it's the same way for a lot of people out there. I would agree. Mom, yeah, it must have been tough missing your daughter. It is, you know, and it's because of her job, because of working in a hospital and being in that kind of a situation. She just doesn't want to be close to us. No, I agree. I agree. And my sister and her husband, her husband is an uh, Ontario Provincial Police Officer. They have been wonderful about being super responsible because of the nature of their jobs. They've taken this COVID situation seriously. And we haven't really seen them much since all of this broke out. We have spent some time. We did we did Christmas Eve where we met in a park and <laughs> sort of here's your gifts, here's my gifts. <laughs> throws our butts off. Throws yeah. our bums Placed off. Placed on a picnic That's table. That's it. Yeah, and just arms sort of length. arm's length. But we're going to get back to normal. Uh, vaccines rolling in. That's that's fantastic. Let's have this happen. I tell I tell you, for me. Even though I work in horticulture and construction, I cannot, there is nothing like the irritation for me of sand in my mouth and like sand in parts of your body that you probably shouldn't have sand. Sand is such an irritant to the point of audience, uh, you have, there is a choice when you are laying interlock, there is a choice of what they call your bedding material. So interlock is generally you dig out about six to eight inches. Generally, let's let's say eight inches. You do six inches of what they call crusher run, which is like a heavy duty base. And then you can do this, this leveling layer up top two inches. You can use sand for that. I hate it. I hate using sand. I will not use it. I cannot stand that feeling between my fingers. I'd much rather use something else. And yet when I was younger, I had this... Uh, I had this sandbox that I could literally have buried my young sister in there and oh, you <laughs> would have never it. found her again. You played in it for hours, Matthew. Yeah, I was out there for hours. It, and I, it's funny, I was telling my son over Christmas break, I said, Logan, who's my son, I said, when I was your age, so he's seven, seven and a half, I said to him, I was, I was one of three places. If it was weather that I was inclement or inclement that I couldn't be outside, I was upstairs 
playing Lego for eight hours on a Saturday. Right, mom? Yep. Craziness. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If it was whether that I could be outside, I was either in the sandbox or I was in the tree fort. Yep. That was, th mm -hmm. those were the three areas. And then the winter, you were tobogganing, tobogganing on the hill off the side of the house. We had a, we had a legendary hill, ladies and gentlemen. Absolutely legendary. So, Maddie, if this was an, a normal year yep. and you could travel, what southern locale would you go to? First of all, Southern, I would stay the absolute heck away from the U.S. and let's and let's remove COVID out of all of this. No, I just said if you. Yeah, I know, but even but okay, but my frame of reference now, after having seen COVID, when everything opens up, I will not be putting my money in, into the United States of America. I absolutely refuse. I I will not. I will go somewhere else. Okay, my wife is not really a major fan of airplanes. And not a major fan of leaving the country. So for me, I would love, I want, I would love to get a cabin in the Rockies. Oh, nice. Okay. Or some, something like that, where in fact, I would have no problem doing that in the middle of the winter. Like go down East. I would like to go down I've East. I've been East. It's I've never fantastic. seen it. Yeah. Man, I'd like to go to Fiji. That's the place All I would right. like to go. Jeez. And I would do a little stop off in Hawaii on along the way. Yes. David Sands. That's right. I wouldn't mind visiting would be getting David. getting a visit. Yeah. 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 Fiji apparently is gorgeous. And they say as far as the destinations go, it's the most untouched. Like it's not nearly as touristy as if you get into Hawaii and, and areas like that. Well, they say it's a horrendously long flight. Is it really? Oh, yeah. what was that? We were talking to some traveler on, on one of the airlines. A flight home went. from Vancouver. Yeah. It's and about 40 hours. 40 well, hours? that's with that's the layovers. That's with you know, all the layovers and everything. Yeah, there's but 40 nothing hours. direct. No. Yeah. You know, okay, here's a question for you. And this, dove, this, dovetails, this dovetails wonderfully into the show. Again, this is the Growing Season on News Talk. It's like a 960 AM. Follow us at growingseasoncanada.com. Click on Show Bits because we're going to be coming at you fast and furious here. My opinion, and you guys, you guys are two-thirds of this show, okay, this is, this is, we each have 33%, so please feel free to argue with me. I would imagine that airlines are going to make it much more convenient for travel on the other side of this. My guess is that layovers or long super layovers are going to be a thing of the past. I would imagine that airlines are going to do whatever they humanly are able to do to make this a more convenient endeavor on the other side of all this. First, though, they have to recover from the financial bashing they've taken. Yeah, and you, and guess what? We've all taken a financial bashing. Yes, we have. And, mm -hmm. and you want to know something? Let's go even further here. Part of the reason why this is on North American soil is because of the airlines. Yes? Yes, it yes. is. Yes. So, yes, it is. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sorry, boo-hoo, cry me a river. I know that you've got billion-dollar toys sitting on tarmacs rusting, but guess what? Part of the reason why it's here is because you brought it here. So right. Matt, hold on we, one second. Hold on I was just wanted to know what mom had her thoughts. Okay, go. Sorry, go. Well, Matt said he would never go to the States. Hawaii is part of the States, but it's a blue state. So I yeah. feel I can safely go to Hawaii. I would pick one of the out islands. There's one, and I'm not sure of the name of the island, but they call it the Garden Island. Okay. That would be the one I would love to go to. I've always wanted to go to Hawaii, even when I was a child. Huh. Okay. Then the next question is, while we're on the topic of this, is with the, we've, we've talked about vaccines already a little bit. There's going to be an issue here. Now, many are saying that when it comes to the your country forcing a vaccine on you, that is a breach of your rights and freedoms. OK, and there is probably something to that. What they say, though, is that where where it. Where they're going to get around it is, let's say you want to travel outside of your country. Got to have your card. In order for you to travel outside of your country and going into especially vacation destinations, you're going to have make to be sure that you're not that's on, it, on the right? airline with somebody that's like. Imagine got if you're Barbados or the Bahamas and your entire income, your entire country's <laughs> based <laughs> like, on tourism. It's all tourism. You, I'm sorry, but you got to be vaccinated They're on your passport or something, or there'll be some card, right? Mm -hmm. And then you start getting into involved in all the sort of counterfeit cards and such, right? Dad? So Matt, one last thing from Christmas. 
Uh, May was talking. This is uh, my sister-in-law. Yeah, who is of Philippine descent. Philippine descent. Yep. And she had mentioned that when they get Christmas stockings in the Philippine and they have items put <laughs> in. We're back on stockings here. Just hang on to your horses. <laughs> this is really on the cool side. Yeah. She was saying that they were, normally they wouldn't get citrus in their stockings. They would get apples. Because they're a, they're a rarity. They just they have to import these things, right? Right. Now, right now, they are doing experiments, Matt, in Manila to try to grow apple trees in the Philippines. But it's a kind of a, an early thing. Hold on a second here. Apples need cool temperatures to bring the sugars up. Doesn't the, doesn't the cooler temperatures in the end, isn't that the final? No, that's not what it is. Apple trees, even pears and so forth, they need a chill period. Yeah, okay. but it, it, that's the final thing. Or... No, it sets the fruit buds. That's what it's for. Oh, okay. I thought it was on the other end. No, I thought it, it was a, it was the, the fruit bud. Really? So you have what they call long chill, medium chill, and short chill kind of trees going on, or fruit apple trees going on. Yeah. So the idea is, Matt, long chill trees would require about a thousand hours of actual chilling time for the fruit to get set until you okay, get so hold proper up a apple crop. Whoa, 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 whoa. Okay. So apples are harvested, right? Yes. Removed from the trees? Yes. Now, as we saw on the landline, do they use one of the almond apparati or no. apparatuses? They're generally all done by hand. <laughs> no. They shake the tree. They just, right? But so apples are harvested and then they need a period of cool. No, this is after they've harvested. After they're harvested yes. to yes. set the fruit buds. For the following year, following huh. the season. Yes. Okay. So wait a minute. So you're talking Manila. This is the Philippines. Which, okay. The you're problem not getting, is. No. The, the problem is, Matthew, they, they have various types of, okay, long, short, and medium chill apples. Right. Okay, so. There's long, in, short, medium, and, lo- and so a anyways, lot of things. Matt, they require in the neighborhood. <laughs> he said nothing. He's like, avoiding. <laughs> avoiding. <laughs> but Matt, they require at least this. Okay, so long, chill apples would require about 1,000 hours at 45 degrees Fahrenheit. Okay, I was going to ask you. Okay, can we do this properly? Can we do this in Celsius? Who the heck uses Fahrenheit? Okay, in Celsius. Yes. What? Okay. How much in Celsius? I have no idea. <laughs> okay. Let's just stick with the... All right, Fahrenheit. 45 degrees Fahrenheit. I'll look it up while you're talking. Okay, All so right, here's go. a big question for you. So how can places like New Zealand, Australia, and so forth, how can they grow apples? Easy. Hockey rinks. <laughs> no. <laughs> Mom, how can they grow apples? They have a type of apple that doesn't need as long or severe as a cooling period. All right. And Granny Smiths come from New Zealand. Yeah, or, they're no, awful. from Australia. I hate that apple. No, okay. I don't like it. It's good for okay. me. I hate that apple. Okay, how about this? Brayburn, Gala, Pink Lady. Ga- oh, so hold on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Gala what? Gala, Apples. Gala, no, but Gala needs what? It can be a actual uh, a short chill. chill apple. Okay, by the way, here's an update. Many thanks to Google for this. Nine? 45 degrees Fahrenheit to Celsius. You're pretty close. 7.2 degrees Celsius. That's, so below 10. Yes. Below 10. But just think about it. But this. with Manila, Manila wouldn't get below no, 10. No, but again, they're doing experiments. They're not necessarily going to do it per se. Okay. And in the Philippines, it's uh, I think it's close to 700 islands. They would, if they that's were. That's a lot of, okay, hold on a second. 700 islands? I like, think so. Is each island. Like you can skip a rock across it type thing? Okay. But I think what they would do if they were trying to grow apples is they would choose their coolest islands and huh. maybe and maybe grow them on the sides of mountains. Man, it must be pretty gear. darn successful. They're growing a lot of blasted Granny Smith apples. Oh, well, they can keep all of them, every last one of them. Okay, so Matt, now that, now that you know what they're, they're, they're short chill apples or low chill apples, right? Yep. So originally, where do you think they came from? The low chill apples. Yes. Asia. Mom? Australia. Australians are growing apples. Yes, big time. In the southern portions of Australia where it's cool, oh, it's so opposite to us. Even, I know. When you say that, I'm like, well, <laughs> what are you talking about? Okay. Think of Tasmania. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Matt, they came They came to New Zealand in 1868. The apples, they just migrated. No, no, they brought them, <laughs> but they brought... It's they bad. got on ships, they're like, all right, apples, let's go. <laughs> right? No, they actually brought the original... Uh, one over, and it was probably something like a Brayburn or a Granny Smith, I would imagine. Okay. And so anyways, what's super cool, Matt, is that all of the apple trees in New Zealand today 
are come all from one tree, which was originally brought over in 1868. But we we see this a lot, not a lot. Well, okay, we've talked about that apple tree in Washington State that recently Vancouver, Washington melted. Yes. Yeah, sorry that that you know melted, melted that that met their untimely death this year. We've also seen now we've chatted about. A poplar grove, I believe it was in Utah. In Aspen, a, yes. In a, in a provincial, Aspen Grove, right? In, an, in a provincial park. And all of that came from? One tree. From one tree. Yeah. Sorry, not a provincial park, a, a, a state park. But the point is that we see this. This is not an abnormality where you've got the one parent plant and then it basically is the is the the benefactor or the... the uh, propagator. The <laughs> propagator. Good word, mom. Thank you. Of all the rest of it. Right. You know, by the way, too, speaking of that is, and I don't have the research to back it, but Yakima, Yakima, Washington, I believe it's Yakima, Washington. What's so special about Yakima? The name? Okay. (laughs) Besides that. Not a lot. I don't know anything, Matthew. Hops. Really? Hops. Must be the right climate. Must be the right climate. But I would wonder if in Yakima, because of the propensity of hops which for our audience, if you don't know, hops is one of the main elements of beer. And with Indian pale ale or India pale ale becoming super popular these days, it's super hoppy. I would wonder if this is the same situation. Do you have a parent hop of each of these types of hops where they brought it over and then this thing has been cut from and propagated and over and over and over again? hops, I think, were quite prevalent in Germany. So the climate in Yakima, Washington must be somewhat like the climate in Germany where hops are growing. But you know what, Matthew? They're also taking and they're finding uh, really old hop varieties uh, that are growing along rails, rail lines and so yeah, forth. Yeah, and this is a, it's become a thing. We've had clients that have asked, hey, by the way, when you go to spec, because hops grow on vines, it's like a, it's like a vine, right? You, you have to yeah. trellis these things up. Yeah. We've had clients that have asked, can you guys incorporate hops into it and actually produce it produces like a little flower on it It looks like a like a green pine cone yeah yes it looks like wild wild looking little thing and it's it's amazing matthew nature is wonderful yep i agree but matt again uh in our case it would take about 200 days to get to harvest so that we when we would harvest our apples but the thing is in places like new zealand now wait hold on a second when you say 200 days so are you saying from the time of the the fruit bud, bud is, set, is set to the we time have it a is harvested. juicy apple yes 200 days about 200 days okay so but in the say new zealand australia places like that yeah it's in the neighborhood of 70 to 150 days so you could be dealing with under half Yes. Now, the other the other things that happen in New Zealand and Australia is that the wildlife is either poisonous or wants to eat you. Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> or very strange looking like the platypus. <laughs> I was I had the distinct pleasure of chatting with Liam Hendricks, former former pitcher for the Toronto Blue Jays, actually who went on to have a bit of a resurgence in his career and um in Oakland. And he's he's from Australia. I think he's one of two major league pitchers and I asked him I said is there any truth to the rumor that Australia was born near some melted down nuclear reactor? And that's why the animals all look alien. Like it, they're literally only place on earth where the animals look like that. Like I what's think it's a, isolation. Like what's a platypus? What the hell is that animal? It's a spare parts animal. It, 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 there it, were leftover spare like, parts. Seriously. Like it looks like four or five different Lego pieces on the ground that you've just concocted and made into this thing. We got a beak here. <laughs> you know, let's put the beak on it, right? So Matt, anyways, for let's lift it up. Okay, so the uh, just for uh, your information, yeah. Okay, where does Canada sit as far as production of apples in the world? Number two, number thirty-one. Go. What? Number okay, th- give me the top five. Run the top five down. Okay, so it would be number one would be China, of course. Okay, number two is U.S. Number okay. three is Poland. Poland is number three? Yes. Must have just the right climate. And okay. Turkey is number four and five. I could not tell you. Okay. Turkey's number four. Yes. Mm. So out of Poland, you have pierogies and apples. Mm. And out of Turkey, you have symbols and apples. Symbols oh, are made in Turkey. Istanbul. I didn't know oh, that. Oh, really? Yeah, that's the big one. Really? Absolutely. If you are a symbol smith, 
working for Zildjian or Sabian symbols, and you want to go and sort of put the the final cap, the cherry on your Sunday, they send you to Istanbul. Really? Wow. But Matt, they, uh, we'll flip to Fiji for a second, okay? Yep. Yeah. So Matt, in Fiji, they basically will grow things like bananas, pineapples, papaya. Where, where is Fiji? For our audience here, where is this place? Mom, come on, you're the... Ah, uh, you know what? That's a tough one for me. I'm going to say, and I am not 100% certain, but I would say very much South Pacific, like not down by Antarctica, but east of Australia and New Zealand and south. Okay. Uh, like South Pacific. Yep. It's quite isolated. Okay. So, Matt, they would grow, like I mentioned, uh, uh, we also they would grow pineapple papaya. But they will import Man. things like this wafer. This is really cool. They import things like oranges. Apples, pears, and grapes. It's hilarious to me simply because of what do they call that? Okay, simply because of xenophobia or the fact that I am familiar with what happens around me. Okay? And I am not ignorant enough to think that the only things that happen around me are the only things that matter. But it's hilarious to me when you hear, like, oh, they import things that just grow naturally here. Right. Whereas there be like, oh, you want a mango? It's out in the backyard or you want a papaya? It's out in the backyard. Whereas for us, it's like an apple. There's an apple right over there. Right? Actually, May is from the island known for mangoes. And Matt, you just think about it. Huh. Everything, those ones I mentioned for the most part, with exception to the citrus, are basically needing a chilling period. Right. Mom, you you know what, Mom? You got a specific set of skills. You're like the female version of Liam Neeson. Okay. Why? I have an Australian accent. No. No, Liam. He's talking no. about location. He's talking about location here. South Pacific. Mom, can you name me? First of all, this is in the um, archipelago the, 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 or the archipelago. Can you name me some of the islands in the South Pacific around Fiji? Because you're, you're dead on. Oh, okay. That, I, trivia. I'm this is geography with Lynn McFarlane. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I honestly don't know. I'm going to say Tonga, Samoa. D- Cook Island. She literally just um, pulled Tonga out of her butt. I cannot believe it. I'm yes. married to this woman. Well, Solomon Islands. Fiji. Actually, Fiji is, you've got Australia, Fiji, and New Zealand form a triangle. Oh. It's all roughly in the but same Fiji area. But Fiji is east of yes. New Zealand. Okay. So I would have, there is not a chance in hell I would have ever got Tonga. It would have never even registered for me. I it just happened to fly. You have won head. this episode. This is this is this is for you. Good for you. So Matt, they are starting to grow citrus, or they have been growing citrus for a number of years now in Fiji. But they're the original four. Do you remember the original oh, four? Oh man, yes, but no. I remember having to put these. Oh great! By the way, thank you. I got to put these idiot things up on show bits again. Do you know, Mom? The original four citrus, like way ma- back, mandarin after the or tangerine yeah. or mandarins in mandarin, there. Mandarin pomelo, which That's is one. Yep, the original grapefruit. Um, they all look like deranged limes. Citron. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. Matt. Yeah. Citron and papaya. Papeda. Okay, those there are was, the original four. There was the one. There was one that when you pronounced it the first time, I had to Google it four or five times because I'm not sure if you pronounced it correctly. <laughs> Google was like, I don't know what you're it's asking. It's Papeda. It's right. Okay. But Matt, here's one thing. Uh, Fiji can actually grow one type of apple. Fiji's. No. What? They grow something called the mountain apple. What's so interesting about the mountain apple then? It grows on a mountain? Yeah. It's <laughs> called, is it called the Alcona It's apple? called the Kona. She's pretty Kona good. Kona apple? The Kona. Uh, Dude, we, she's on fire today. No. So, no, so no, what's actually, so amazing about... Her down. No kidding. So what's so interesting about this Kona apple or the mountain apple? I don't think it's very tasty. I seem to remember you oh, said good. that. Let's have one. Why, why would you want it? Then? It's yellow and, or greenish, has lots of seeds. And How is it spelled Kona? Just so from K-O-N-A. Oh, it's a K. Kona. Cool. But Matt, they say that for the most part, it's very tasteless. And again, oh, they mostly import their apples. Okay. Right. I just thought it was on the cool side. GrowingSeasonCanada.com. Click on Show Bits because uh, you're going to get to see exactly what a Kona apple looks like because I've put it up there. Look, there it is. Okay, well, one last thing. Are we going to ever on. get to a point here where we're able to grow oranges here in Canada? Well, according to Chris St. Clair, we're almost going to be able to grow 
palm trees in Toronto. So I would imagine the answer oh, on that would awful. probably be That yes. makes me so sad. I don't want yeah. that. No, I, I, I don't I, want it at all. I have no interest in that at all. I like the traditional Canadian winter. So Matt, too. one last apple-related thing. So why is the apples belonging to the Rosaceae family so important as far as the apple itself? Pollination. Mom, anything? Is it diversity? There's just so many different ones? No. This is really cool, Matthew. It's because of the roses come in every size, color, fragrance. Right. Everything you can think of, which all in turn add to a tastier apple. So hold on a second. You've got then rosaceae and then malice is below? Malacy. Malacy is below. Yes. So would rosaceae be the family or the order? Oh, you're it's really the one. It. It's Ooh. the one above, right? It's the one above. I think it's. Well, anyway, no, we'll look at it on break. I'll look it up. I'll look it up, and we'll and we'll and we'll touch base on it coming around. But so I, what? Wait a minute, Matt. So what they said that because of that, that's how come you get all these various flavors and so forth within the apple itself. Because right. we think of a, a, a rose, they can have all different fragrances yeah, yeah, yeah. when it comes to the rose. But here's a really cool thing: they say the little rose hips. Look like miniature apples. They do. They do. Absolutely. Yeah. And in fact, like if you get a crab apple, wrong choice, by the way, but anyway, that's fine. Uh, if you put a crab apple on your site, like, dude, a crab apple looks very close to a rose hip. Yeah. Like it's it's, it's amazing. A skipping a jump, right? Yeah. And again, that's Malacy. But yes, they all kind of in, interconnected. But Matt, it's just cool. But anyways, Matt, so if they're, if they're uh, importing all these various things and so forth in Fiji. Yeah. Uh, of course, something else that grows basically all through this, this uh, South Pacific and so forth is something called pomegranate. Wonderful. And we're going to chat about pomegranate on the other side. She's Lynn. He's Jack. I'm Matt. Going to be checking in on where the heck this order, family, kingdom, blah, blah, blah happens on Rosaceae. And this is the growing season on News Talks, like a 960 AM. On the other side, pomegranate. the growing season on News Talks, like a 960 AM, first show of 2021, hoping for anything better. <laughs> Follow along with us, growingseasoncanada.com, click on show bits. Okay, so there was a bit of a, a an open thought just prior to break here. This is going to be some Latin nerdiness here. So for an audience that doesn't know, maybe you're chiming in for the first time and you don't understand. what The reason why we classify plant material in Latin is that it's universal. So if I go to... China, and I want to l- grab a purple spire crab apple. If I know that name in Latin, I can order that in China and get the exact same thing that I would get here. The issue being is that in a lot of cases, the common name or the English name of a pl- of a plant material is different here in North America than it is, say, in Asia. So if you know the Latin name, you can get exactly what you want, Mom. Yes, because a friend of mine who's also from the Philippines, she pointed to a portulaca in our garden, and she said, you realize in the Philippines, we call this Vietnamese rose. See, there you go. Okay, so my father's been involved in the horticultural industry for 45 plus years. All right, Pops, what's the kingdom? What is the kingdom? So, sorry, audience, everything is classified into various different sections and then subsections when it comes to naming. So the kingdom, Dad, what would the kingdom of a of an apple tree be? Matthew, you know what? I have no idea. Plantae. It's a plant. Okay? And as we get down further, the order is Rosalis. Family is Rosaceae. And then the genus, Malus. So there you go. So they're all interconnected. They're all interconnected. And this is why, too, you get involved in prunus, right? Prunus is everything. Like everything, peach and plum are related. And you would never think that peach and plum... They have anything to do with each other. Absolutely. Matt, let's touch pomegranate for a second. Why? Because I think they're kind of cool. Okay. So, Matt, 
First of all, have you ever eaten one of these things? I actually not a big fan. Okay. All the seeds drive me nuts. That's for me. This is a piece of fruit that I categorically stay away from because, okay. What is your favorite piece of fruit? Go nectarine. All right, mom. Cherry. I'm with you. Okay. Especially the black cherries towards the end of the summer. Bang. Bang. Okay. Big time. Although (laughs) the toilet bowl (laughs) takes a real whooping, right? Mm -hmm. Because they just go through you. But there's not a lot of effort needed to get the fruit to be in the mouth eating it. Pomegranate is just like, first of all, the fruit doesn't even taste that good. And you need to have, you need to get surgical tools out to get this stinking stuff out. It is a nightmare. But Matthew, it's called super fruit. Okay. It's, there's nothing super about extracting it from its shell. Matthew, they it's say brutal. that the seeds are good for things like uh, helping to prevent heart disease, cancer, and so forth. But Matt, what does the number 613 have to do with pomegranate? Very simple. It takes you 613 hours to extract the damn seeds <laughs> yeah. from one freaking fruit. <laughs> Mom, what do you got? Supposedly, every prom- pom- pomegranate, pomegranate, <laughs> I guess they'd have to be mature ones, have 600. And 13 seeds in them. What? Every one of them, Matthew. What do you call a pomegranate that's at a dance? A the prom- pomegranate. <laughs> <laughs> that's really good. On no, the spot, I really came up bad, with that. Bad, that's bad. fantastic. So, Matt, here's a good question for you, Mr. Science Man. Yep. So, are pomegranates considered an aggregate berry or a true berry? Nonsense. They're considered nonsense. You shouldn't, you shouldn't buy one. <laughs> uh, an aggregate berry. Because the seeds, it's a its a bunch. It's a bunch of them? Yes? No. It's a true berry. No, it's a true berry. But oh. an aggregate berry would have something that has a single flower and more than one ovary with lots of seeds. Now, okay? in this case, the pomegranate would be an aggravating berry. <laughs> an yes. aggravating berry. But a true berry, Matt, as you know, is basically a simple fruit. And so that would have one flower, an ovary, and then, again, several seeds. But, Matt, get, get this. Pomegranates are in the same family as tomatoes. Kiwis. Okay, you know bananas. what? That doesn't actually surprise me. Not because, tomatoes, yeah. Well, and me. even kiwis. Like, when you eat a kiwi, those bear, those seeds in there are crunchy. Like, have you ever eaten a pomegranate? You ever eaten one of these things? Yep. So if you eat the... If, if you just get completely frustrated with it, fine, I'm just going to eat it, right? I'm not even going to extract... And it's crunchy. I can see how they're related to kiwis. Tomatoes, that I would never draw. Well, a when you open a tomato, when you cut a tomato, there are all kinds of seeds, and they're in like a jelly type thing, like yeah. in a pomegranate. Yeah. But Matt, it, from the Greek mythology, called it fruit of the dead. And now you, the way you're talking, it sounds like you have to be dead right. in order yeah. to extract or you, the fruit or, itself, or, or you'll be dead by the time you extract the fruit. But Matt, again, it's uh, something maybe at a later date we'll go into more detail on. You know what? I'm going to get you a pomegranate. And we're going to watch you. I'm going to videotape you trying to extract the seeds from this thing. And then count them. Thank you very much. And then it's my, so here's a bit of a pomegranate story. So my kids got really excited about pomegranate. I'm not sure why. I think everybody at some point in their life gets excited about it. And then they figure out why we don't buy it. So anyway, so I bought them one. Each of them got a pomegranate. All right, eat it. And they're like, well, how do you do that? (laughs) (laughs) They tried to get the seed. They're like, daddy, this is, this takes a long time. Actually, apparently what you're supposed to do is you're supposed to slice, score it, and then you put the fruit in water. Oh. And then when you go to, and then you begin to pull it apart, and what happens is because of the water there, the fruit separates from, it has this, you remember the movie Aliens? Mm-hmm. Or Alien? How the, the creatures would make those weird secretions on the walls. It had yeah, these things. yeah. That's what the pomegranate looks like. It has these weird, it's like this weird structure in there. Useless. Useless, useless fruit. But they're awful pretty looking with the nice red on their skin. (laughs) (laughs) Great. They look great. There's there's a whole lot of things that are pretty that you probably shouldn't go near. Okay, Matt. Right. On to... Like rattlesnakes. Okay. (laughs) On to to papaya, Matthew. Let's do papaya. All right. So when did... That's good fruit. When did fruit first start to appear on Earth? Like talking fruit in general or papaya? Just in general. Mom, this is your... Dad's kind of taking your herstory segment here. 200 million years ago. Okay. That's when fruits first started to appear. How do we know this? Would a dinosaur just write this down? Okay, oh, yeah. so here's no. the date. Fossils. 
So well, about awesome. well, they, 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 no, they, they find evidence of, fruit of various fruits and so forth that occurred over 200 million years ago through really? fossil records. Yes. And fruits evolved along with mammals because fruits are delicious. Like they're sweet. Mammals would eat the fruit and then scatter the seeds. You when, know how. sorry, when did the honeybee appear? Same time as the uh, the flowering plants showed up on Earth. And there were bees here initially, but they weren't like... in around the same time as we got fruit? Yes, but we also because had... Because you have to, right? But you yeah. had wasps first, Matthew. They were here going around killing all the, but, the smaller animals. But or, they would not... Yeah and, by, so yeah, and back then the wasps were like the size of a Twinkie. That's a big Twinkie. <laughs> <laughs> and they were meeting wasps. And, but, but how much of this stuff are we talking here that needs to be bee pollinated here? On which one? Okay, so citrus, all the citrus is, is bee? Oh, yeah. Okay, the apple's got to be bee. Oh, yes. Right, we heard about the orchards. Papaya, this would be bee? Uh, I would imagine yes, ma'am. Okay, so what I'm saying is that let's say all of this fruit begins to emerge historically. Along with the bee. you got to have the bee with along the bee. with it. But, you know, there were, like I said, wasps were the first thing that showed up, and then the nexus took place, and then they split off into two segments. One were the honeybees and so forth, and then the others were the wasps, and they're still here today. Because the wasps as we've learned from shows past, would not pollinate nearly as well as the honeybee simply because of hairiness, mm-hmm. right? The yeah. bee has got a lot more, the Italian honeybee specifically has a whole lot more hair all over its body. And that's what, that's what gets the pollen. It basically sticks to it. And that's why they, the less hair on the wasp, on the wasp. they can move quicker and faster to so they could catch their prey. Mass. And they will pollinate, you said. A little bit. But nothing what, no. Now mosquitoes, do they pollinate? Sure. All anything that's a land landing on a, a plant or a flower will pollinate, including flies. But mosquitoes don't have the hairs. No. Okay. It's a very hit and miss kind of thing. Mosquitoes are useless. No, I, I <laughs> not really. Again, they're good for I know, insect, I know. Yeah. Uh, good for birds and so they're forth. They're good to be eaten, basically. Can yeah. you imagine being a mosquito? My job here is to die. Yeah. <laughs> but man, as far as market value goes for papaya, they're Got about thirty-five million on the global market, so it's not like a huge market for these. Thirty-five million dollars in in product, in product every year, every year for the for the papaya. That's it. Yeah, I would have thought you know certain like just think about how much apples must represent Uh, in the world. That's what I was just going to ask. I mean, if if that's papaya, hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars. Yeah, I bet you it's in the billions. Sure, I would imagine it's high. And papaya has a North American cousin called the papaw. Really, grows in Zone Six, Matthew. Okay. So this is one of these things, and I've heard we've 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 heard these pawpaw trees about these pawpaw trees. The issue with us is is that like if you're in Toronto, if you're in parts of Oakville, you could probably get away yeah, with zone six, a six. I don't want to have to ever put the thing in the ground again. Therefore, I'm not. I would not go and do a six anywhere in southern Ontario. I'm sorry, I'm not putting a six in the ground. Maybe down by Windsor and, and that well, area. We don't landscape in that area. No, no, no. In our area. Toronto and Mississauga would be probably able to uh, go no, pop no, up. No, you keep seeing wanna... them on Ontario Gardeners. They they keep putting them up all I the time. I don't want to put it in the ground again. So, Matt, honestly speaking, as far as papaya goes, what is that? Carica papaya, right? Okay. Oh, there's your Latin alert again. Thanks, sir. And these basically grow in zone nine through 10. So, Again, we could not possibly, in our wildest dreams, be able to grow any papaya with exception to pawpaws. Right. Now, what about greenhouse? Sure. Go for it. Yeah, I would imagine you see a lot of those. We were down in California, yep. and we saw them. Uh, they had them in uh, greenhouses growing there as well. And they're they're actually, um, they're very sweet. And the, I'm not a, a total fan of them, but I think they're kind of cool. Now, you, Dad, on many occasions have seen customers, clients that, that grow the the dwarf orange and lemon trees yep. as 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 tropicals. Sure. Right? So can you do that similar thing when it comes to a papaya tree? Absolutely. Why not? Anything that like anything that could grow outdoors oh, in that fashion? Absolutely. I don't know if, if you have this information on you, but would you know is there a special set of circumstances that that you need when it comes to Growing something citrus or fruiting of that nature inside? Is it very similar to a poinsettia, like drafts, all of this type of stuff? Or Well, again, Matthew, as long as you have a basically a well-drained soil, they like that. And they you gotta make sure there's enough room to accommodate their root system. Okay. And I think from then you can go. But in the wild, Matthew, these things are gonna grow five to ten meters, sixteen to say thirty-three feet. But oh. they're never gonna grow this big in, in your greenhouses yeah. or in your home. Now, when they get that big, let's say it's 33 feet. So we're talking about the the cap here. Yes. 
Yes. How do you pick it? What do you mean? If it's 33 feet, how do you pick the stinking thing? I would imagine they climb those, Matthew, to pick them. Oh, man, that's got to be like... But, Matt, here's pretty cool. Papayas are are dioecious. Do you know what that is? Dioecious. uh, This is... You need a male and a female. Right, on on separate plants. Yeah. Right? Yep. So that's... Boy, that's my boy. Huh? Oh, that? because oh, monoaceous, we've we've talked about this a lot, right? Like for instance, spruces are monoaceous, right? You've got sure. the male parts and the female yes. parts in the same plant. But rule of thumb is if you want anything that has fruit, not berry or bloom, yep. you need a fair bit of sun. So just yep. keep that in mind that you need a lot of sunlight. It's as simple as that, Matt. But they are doing growing these pawpaw for How do you explain hydrangea? It's one of those How do you do this? things or are very unusual plants out there. Because those things can grow in like dense shade. Not dense, but okay, part and, shade. And they will bloom like crazy. Yeah. Hostas. Hostas will grow in shade and they will bloom. Again, they've, they've chosen plants that at the genetic level have adapted to grow in a shady environment. It's as simple as that. You don't just go along and pick a porch or take a portulaca and throw it in the shade and expect it to thrive there. But what you have said in the past is, if you go and look at a, a, a plant that's flowering in the shade, or a plant that's a predominantly shade flower, it's going to have bigger leaves, right? Because you, those leaves have to be bigger to get whatever sunlight is is coming in. And thinner. Right? And wider. Okay, then the question being is, is explain cactus then. Cactus is because like, cactus has got huge, big, thick, like thick, wide leaves. And they hold their own moisture on board. They don't have a huge root system. We're going to do a complete show on cacti. on cacti. Yeah. And so we'll get deep into that. But Matt, I'm going to move off onto cashew fruit. I've heard Anacardium. Is, okay. So and do you know anything about cashew fruit? No. Mom, anything? Well, it's really a weird looking thing. I'll okay. tell you that. GrowingSeasonCanada.com. Click on show bits. It is, in fact, a really weird looking thing. Yes. You know what, Matt? It looks like a green pepper wrapped around. It's a pseudo fruit. So it looks like a green pepper wrapped around the actual cashew nut itself. But here's a biggie, Matt. What is on the cashew that makes it highly toxic? (laughs) This thing is bonkers looking. We need to get some of these. This is rude looking. (laughs) And you know what? That the thing that the nuts poking out of is called a cashew apple. And it's not considered the fruit of the tree. It's just the connecting thing from the branch it's a pseudo, to the nuts. It's a pseudo apple, Matthew. Okay. A pseudo fruit. Is this, are the cashew seeds, do the cashew seeds come from, do the cashew nuts come from this? Absolutely. Okay. So what? So is, what's, I asked you the question, Matthew. So what is toxic about the nut from the cashew fruit? Are you telling me this little thing sticking out of the bottom of the That's cashew? That's all they get. That's the that's you the nut. You can eat the apple. You, you can, can eat oh, the apple is very good, Matthew. No, no, but the nut, this thing that's sticking it. out the bottom of the that cashew is it. Yes, is the cashew. You yes. got it. Yes, you get a one nut just, off of piece just, of fruit. Just wait, though. You can get sixty thousand pieces of fruit off of one tree. That, that means which means sixty thousand nuts. nuts from one tree. But is this why cashews are so expensive? Yes, because you literally and they're get, all done by hand, of course. Ladies and gentlemen. Jump over to Showbits right now. This is the most bonkers. This looks like Steven Spielberg created an alien fruit. Yeah, this strange. is weird looking. So you can eat the actual, apple. like absolutely wonderful cashew apple. Yes, they say it's great. It makes great juices, and they actually use it on, on various uh, in their cooking and so forth. They say it's very good. But Matthew. why it's does not quite that sweet stick out like that? It's just the way it grows. It looks like the apple Again, barfed up a seed. If you get yeah. a second, look up the look up the phrase pseudo fruit, and you'll see that this is one of those rare birds where the where the actual nut itself is growing from, which is wrapped in a, by this actual fruit itself. Ladies and gentlemen, this thing is weird looking. You still haven't answered my question. What? So why are cashews toxic? The, don't they use they use anthocyanins or something? No, mom. Cashews have Urushiols, the same oil you find oh, in yeah, the poison ivy. Poison yes. ivy, and I think poison I no oak. longer want to eat cashews. I'm done. Just wait, though. <laughs> Once they're processed and they're cooked or steamed or boiled yeah. or whatever, yeah. now they're, all that urushiol is removed, and they're no longer going to give you a rash or anything like that, like you would get with poison ivy. 
Super so cool, this eh? is effectively like if you cut the blowfish wrong, you're going to die. Yeah, you actually would not eat those physically. So you can't go out and grab a grab a cashew fruit off the tree and eat that seed. Well, you no. can. I guess you would still, you know, not everybody gets a rash from poison ivy. So I guess not everybody gets a rash, get a rash from too. the cashew. Well, if right? you consume it, though, what does it do inside your stomach? Do Nothing you just... inside your stomach, but around your mouth and your Well, the throat. stomach should neutralize. The acid should yes. neutralize. Yeah. Yes, it's an oral product. You would, you would get but a you get sore mouth. In your esophagus and yeah. your mouth. Yes, your hands, where you're picking it. So they have to be very careful when they're picking them. But Matt, the market for cashews are really high. And I know that they, they actually would take the cashew apple and they'll make it into uh, a drink, which is highly cons- consumed. It's a, it's a concentrate and they'll make it into a juice itself, Matthew. And they can make it into an alcoholic drink too. But you know what, Matt? The, the cashew tree is a, a large evergreen and it's growing in the neighborhood of, say, about 14 meters or 46 feet tall. It's, it's an interesting little thing. And you know what, Matt? It's, all, it's everywhere in the world now. And it's not just in... Uh, Places like, say, uh, where's it, where's it growing out of? Originally, it was from northern and northeastern regions of Brazil, but now May even talks about seeing them in the Philippines. No, they have them all the time. Yeah, because she talked about the cashew apple zone. Yeah. What zone are we talking here? The zones in in the neighborhood of ten to eleven. Matt. Okay, so yeah, never in a million years in our wildest dreams could we ever get them to grow here. Wow, man! But Matt, you know what? Oh. Through our study, okay, I know a lot, but I don't know everything. I just find it kind of cool. That is, uh, to me, that first of all. That is bonkers that it looks like this. Yeah. yeah I'd never seen one till recently. But Matt, again. I the, thought the, it was, I, I honestly thought it was like a, whatever. Like a peanut. Like a peanut. Grows underground. It's a lagoon. Yeah. And you could get a lot of peanuts from one thing. So this actually is one cashew per one For one piece, piece of, fruit. of fruit. But it's nice that then you can take the actual, you said that you can take the cashew fruit, you use it for juice, mm-hmm. use it for this or that, right? I've, has anybody here in the at the, at the table here ever... Tried it? Ever had cashew fruit? No, but May has. She kept talking about cashew fruit. That's why we're talking it's about wild. it today. Wow. But Matt, just think of the cashew apple as an auxiliary accessory fruit going on, okay? And the actual cashew itself, the seed, is a big grows in, in that nut itself, which is inside the apple. So. They say that the cashew apple tastes like um, it can be eaten fresh, but what does it taste like? Um, it's a mixture. It's a sweet tropical flavor. Uh, many liken the flavor to the fruit of a blend of cucumbers, strawberries, mangoes, and bell pepper. Oh, we got to get one of these. Yeah, sure. just to see. But, but Matthew, they, they say that basically the, the world market again, I would have thought it was much higher than it is. But they said $12.7 million is the market for cashews. So it's not high. Can we even get, can we even get them here? What's that? The cashew fruit? Yeah. I would imagine. Why not? Sure. Like I've never, I've literally, now maybe I haven't been looking for it. I guess you have. Maybe I look at it. I'm like, well, I'm, I'm not sure what that is. I like. could ask our local fruit store, Garden Foods, because they have a lot of interesting fruit. I wonder That's if they would wild, get them. Man, yeah. So what's your time like? We have f- under four minutes. Four minutes. I'll give minutes. you a choice here. Yeah. You can either do um, onion trees. Yeah. You can do uh, something floral. Pick it. Let's go floral. Heliconia. Okay. Yeah, man. Love it, it. it originated uh, from, I think here for a second, Central and South America. As all good things do. And now it's on all the southern islands, all through the Pacific Ocean, Matthew, all around the South Pacific. Yeah, this, ladies and gentlemen, if you've not seen that, you've seen this thing. Yes. You've seen it, you just don't know what it is. This looks like like a red and yellow millipede. Well, the common name. It's like a bird of paradise. Or uh, um, what's the other one? The common name is lobster claw plant. Yeah, that's exactly what it looks like. But again, you've seen it. Like a bromeliad idea. Yeah, but it has these rows. It looks like millipede legs. It has these rows of different red yeah. and yellow. Very brightly colored. Very, very brightly colored. Absolutely. Matt, the zones are like 10 through 13. Again, not, so never not, in a million yeah, years. Yeah. And it was discovered uh, initially back in 1786. This okay? would be by one of the by explorers. By one of the explorers. Yeah. But Matt, the cool thing about it is the actual bloom is not the color that you're seeing on the leaf itself. They sit above the actual uh, plant. What are what is the what are the colorful leaves considered? Bracts. They're all bracts. Yeah. Oh, oh I Okay. So go ahead, Lynn. Hit us. Well, they're called bracts, and what these bracts do is they hold water and sweet nectar. I'm sorry, mom. What is a what is a bract? 
It's a modified leaf. Ew, it's like geez. the that always it's sits like the directly poinsettia. below the, the the actual flower itself. Though you got to remember that. Do right? they have balls like the poinsettia? They have balls like the poinsettia. <laughs> okay, yeah. but a lot of little microorganisms live frogs? in these uh, in the bracts, frogs, yeah. even tiny frogs, hummingbirds, because yes, they fill with water. And the hummingbirds use it. And, and bees use it to drink. Yeah, and it's wow. it's uh, only pollinated by hummingbirds. You yes. know, it would make you. It makes you want to live in these places. Right, it makes you want to live in zone ten and eleven. Yeah, because you just I would find it hot. It'd be it'd be hot, but you 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 just treat it to such a variety of different things and color, all sorts of color. But then again, too, after a while, that would become you. Like, all right, look at that one. Yeah. It's a mango yeah. tree. Who cares? Yeah, right? and it's considered an herb. Well, they they dry this and then they grind it up. It didn't really say, but it's considered an herb. Huh? We should ask. Allison Johnson of the Spice Trader. Visit yeah. the SpiceTrader.ca if she ever work. has come across this thing. But, but Matt, the bracts can come in colors like orange, purple, red, yellow, and pink, and, and even a bit of green mixed in to boot. But Matt, they're pretty as hell. And I, I know that there's approximately 225 species out there, but what is really unusual about the Heliconia, Lynn? Is it the member of the family Musia? Banana? It belongs to the Musaeae family. And it's also, and Matthew, the, the thing is with Heliconia, it's been around a long time, millions and millions of years. But the problem is, Matthew, it's the only one plant that is left in the Heliconiaceae family. Okay, so it's, it's the last one of its kind. It's the last Jedi. It's basically, yes, it's the last Jedi. And it's a shame, Matthew. I know they use it for all sorts of purposes. And I know that in the various islands, the tropical islands and so forth, they'll, they'll make all sorts of interesting placemats and everything else that you could think of out of the leaves themselves or the bracts. But they're pretty, Matt. Cool. And I just find that it, they say that it's, uh, they use it for other medicinal purposes like uh, the rhizomes and so forth are used to make for, you know, help things with intestinal pain, jaundice, even high blood pressure, Matthew. Huh, cool. So, it makes a fruit. Didn't describe exactly what it looks like, but the color is blue to blue-purple when ripe. Wow, love it. That is a wonderful place to press pause. Coming up in the next couple of weeks, we're going to do trees of the South Pacific. We're going to go back to the South Pacific, but there are many, I'm assuming, large trees, large specimens. Arcarias are okay. one. Gotcha. We'll, we'll Norfolk Island Banyans. Pines. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Okay, perfect. GrowingSeasonCanada.com. Click on Show Bits. That's a visual accompaniment to the show, but you already know that because you've been following along because we have been spraying paint, aka information, all the way through. Also, too, I do realize that it is wintertime here in Southern Ontario, but consults are ongoing. In fact, I have drawings on the table right now that I'm completing, and we are going to get ahead of the spring rush. Mom, Dad, that was fantastic. So thank you for curating all that information for me. It's awesome. Not a problem, Matthew. Yeah, it was very interesting. We always end the show in the same way. Guys, if you were born in September, what does that mean? I have no idea, Matthew. That your parents began the New Year's with a bang. <laughs> <laughs> my son was born in September, September the 4th. What's that say about my wife and I, huh? Yes. <laughs> Mom? Too much information. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely too much information. Mom? Till next time, have a good one. Happy New Year, and here's to better things in 2021. Happy New Year, listeners. Jack out. If you miss any part of our show today or any of our earlier broadcasts, don't panic. Just log on to our website at www.saga960am.ca backslash podcasts and look for and stream our podcasts of this show and any of our other great programs. That's a big twinkie.